Today is one of those days where my blood is boiling so hot that right before I literally just hit the record button, I just had to take a deep breath to calm myself down from the frustration from what we're seeing in this country, where police continue to murder and maim and effectively lynch black folk. And then the country gets shocked when, in response to them refusing to be held accountable, cities get burned down. Well, what I see is this country is choosing for cities to be burned down every time its police kill somebody and no one's held responsible. That's where we are right now. The the, the Breakdown. Last night in Kenosha, Wisconsin, armed white supremacists walking around with AR-15s with literal assault rifles are seen on video hanging out with the police, provided water and refreshments by police, thanked by police, before those same armed white supremacists literally shoot and kill two protesters and seriously critically injure another. This is, this is America. That situation is the United States in one nutshell. That you really can't tell the difference between armed white supremacists who don't have badges and armed white supremacists who do. Because the truth is, what we saw with Jacob Blake, what we saw with George Floyd, what we saw with Breonna Taylor, is that American police are just an extension of white power. They are all there functioning as oppressors, f- functioning as a, as a brutalizing force to cause harm, to cause pain, to cause misery. When that officer fired eight shots into the back of Jacob Blake, without pause, while he is literally pulling on Jacob Blake's T-shirt, what we, what we effectively saw was a man who had no problem brutally murdering a young father right in front of his kids. We now know that Jacob Blake's three young children were right there in the car with him as he simply wanted to get, get away from an outrageous situation. Now, we can talk about police misconduct all day, but what I really want to unpack here just for the next few minutes is a simple concept that so many of you have heard me unpack before, but I have to say it again in light of what we see happening in Kenosha, Wisconsin. This system is not broken. It's not a broken system. Stop saying that. If you see leaders who say it's broken, correct them. That word broken, I know why we're using it. 
because the system is horrible. The system is causing a tremendous amount of pain and destruction. But when we say it's broken, what we are saying, what we are inferring is that it was well-designed and well-intentioned and that if we tinker with it and put a couple of the broken pieces back together again, we'll be okay. This system was built on top of slave patrols. In other words, and that's not hyperbole, that's not urban legend, that's fact. This system of modern-day policing and mass incarceration, read the book Slavery by Another Name, read the new Jim Crow, read Locking Up Our Own. These are books that have won Pulitzer Prizes that are the most well-researched books in the country. These books unpack the reality that American policing and American jails and prisons and the systems and structures therein were literally just built on top of systems created during slavery, which was obviously created as nothing more than a tool of oppression, one, and a tool of white power to advance white people. After slavery, they didn't say, let's wipe every system clean and rethink and reimagine how we do public safety. They literally just converted slave patrols to police departments. That's all they did. They just converted literal plantations. Read slavery by another name. They converted literal plantations into quote-unquote work camps and began arresting as many people as they could under the power of the 13th Amendment, which basically allows you to make slaves out of people. If you arrest them and convict them for a crime, and so they created crimes like walking after a certain time, walking on, a, a, standing on a sidewalk without moving every two seconds. These are literal laws that they made just to be able to, to use these powers to incarcerate people and effectively use them as free labor. I was just in Louisville, as you know, and... I had to I had to make it clear that you go to privileged white communities where people use drugs, all drugs. Privileged white people use drugs at the same rate, not just as privileged black people, but as poor black people. But you don't see no knock raids into the homes of privileged white people in Louisville or anywhere else. They use those tactics in communities that they don't care about because they know those no-knock raids are destructive and dangerous. Little kids like Ayanna Stanley Jones, who was seven years old, was shot and killed by police in a no-knock raid. I've seen grandmothers and grandfathers and children murdered in these no-knock raids, just like Breonna Taylor. Why? Because, again, these systems were created as tools of oppression and tools of white power. And they are always advancing those things, always. Even in departments with black leadership, it's, it's a black leadership leading a system designed for white power. That's all that is. 
hell, we saw that on plant on literal plantations would would regularly have black leadership leading the plantation itself, overseeing the work. So we have to tear these systems down. We have to when we talk about abolishing these systems and dismantling these systems, it's because they're not broken. They don't need just a body camera. Even in places where we've slapped body cameras on, they'll still do this stuff. The laws protect them. The police departments and and district attorneys will protect them. So we're coming at the problem from every angle. And then now we see what we saw last night in Kenosha, Wisconsin, of a police department literally working with open-armed white supremacists who then shoot and kill protesters. My God. It's quintessentially American, though. This is, this is an American story, no doubt. I've got to run. We're working hard. Love and appreciate all of you. Take care, everybody. Break it down. Quality education activities should not be something only the rich can afford. This is Ray King, here to tell you about an opportunity that your family has to join my family's learning co-op this school year. You may have heard of parents forming learning pods where they're hiring teachers to help privately educate a small group of their children this school year. Well, what my husband Sean and I have formed is similar, except it's super affordable, available to families all over the world, and will be focused on enrichment classes that will support your child's regular school or homeschool curriculum. Classes like poetry and protest, the civil rights movement taught by Sean, algebra help, dyeing fabrics with natural products, and so much more. I've designed this co-op to allow all of the children in your household to take as many classes as they want each week for as little as $50 a month. That's less than I pay for one trumpet class for just one of my kids each month. I'm also happy to announce that I've partnered with iRaise Girls and Boys International, a nonprofit serving the Bronx, New York, to offer their families free or nearly free admission to this co-op. But in order to do that, I need as many paying families to join as possible. So your co-op membership not only benefits your family, but supports the family in need as well. Finally, a major benefit of co-ops is the community that's built among kids and parents. We're all feeling a little more isolated this year as we're stuck spending way more time in the house than usual. And our kids are missing interaction with their friends from school and their friends from their extracurricular activities. Hands in Co-op will have private chat forms for parents and specialty interest groups for kids. Join our community now at patreon.com slash hands in co-op. The registration deadline is September 7th. So go to patreon.com slash hands in C-O-O-P now to join our learning community. Hi, I'm Nikki Rojas. I'm the senior writer for the North Star and co-host of its newest podcast, America the Voiceless. 
As part of its Women Crush Wednesday series, the North Star highlights strong women of color every week who are using their voices to help their communities. This week, the North Star's Women Crush Wednesday is environmental activist Cindy Villasenor. Cindy wouldn't understand until college how watching her mother repurpose plastic ice cream containers to store frijoles in the freezer would later encourage her to care more about the environment. In college, she went on her first camping trips and saw the damage climate change had on places like Owens Lake in California and Lake Mead in Las Vegas. The environmental activist continues to educate others by advocating low-waste gardening and teaching younger generations how to better care for the environment. To learn more about Cindy and why we're crushing on her and her work, head on over to at the North Star Media on Instagram to read more about her. It's the pathway to freedom.